0: MANY PLEASANT SURPRISES. DORIS AND HER MOUNTAIN HOME. DORIS FOUND FRAU von LECCHENSTEIN IN HER PRIVATE PARLOR, SEATED UP BEFORE A WRITING TABLE, UPON WHICH WERE BOOKS, MANUSCRIPTS, AND WRITING MATERIALS IN PROFUSION, AND COULD ONLY RAISE HER EYES LONG ENOUGH TO WAVE HER VISITOR TO A CHAIR AND RESUME HER WORK. "'Come here to me,' said Willie, beckoning eagerly, a glad light in his eyes. Why have you stayed away so long? Willie exclaimed his mother harshly. You should not be so free with a stranger. She is not a stranger. She knows me and likes me and I like her. Have you ever been employed as a governess? inquired the lady, turning to her. No, I have never been employed in any capacity. I live at home with my mother I have just returned from Germany, and in a few days business will call me there again. My time is so filled with scientific subjects that I cannot pay attention to the education of a sickly child. The physicians say that Willie must go to a warmer climate, and I must find someone to not only give him a little instruction, but have sole charge of him, for which she would be paid liberally. But the condition is that she must go with him to Italy to remain perhaps for years." "'I know the very place,' said Doris, a sudden hope springing up in her heart. "'It is on Mont, Mont Rosso, by Lake Megior, my dear, dear home. "'I was born in Italy, and always lived there until the past year. "'You have a cheerful temperament, the very thing the physician says the boy needs in a caretaker,' said the lady, "'noticing the eager flush that rose to the cheeks of Doris.' "'Why not accept the position, and let us make the agreement now, "'in which case I will give you the first quarter's salary in advance? "'I must consult with my mother. "'I never do anything without her consent.' "'Then let me know at your earliest convenience,' said the lady, "'returning to her writing as Doris arose to go. "'I am almost sure I can go and will come and tell you in a few hours at latest.' "'Do come,' said Willie from his carriage.' she nodded a cheerful response and hurried away and sped lightly over the mountain path to her home she did not notice the gray clouds that hovered over the mountains nor feel the cold wind before her mind's eyes she saw the sunny slope of Mont Rosso saw the roses upon the terrace of her home heard the song of birds and the gurgling of the mountain stream but mamma, what will she say to this sudden change she thought and with this in mind she reached her own door Dorothy sat by the window sewing and looked up in astonishment at hearing the sprightly step and seeing the sparkling eyes of Doris. "'What is it, child? What is it?' she asked eagerly. "'Oh, mamma, we can go home, back to our loved Cavondone. We can go before the cold winter sets in. I have found employment. Doris.' "'Tell me off,' said the mother, pale with the sudden news, and in as few words as possible the subject was made plain to her. And then the daughter waited for a response. "'Oh, Doris,' said Dorothy in a voice trembling with joy, "'I have never complained, nor let you know.' that I grieved for my Italian home, but all is so changed here since I left it that I have never felt contented, and since that affair with Uncle Nicholas and because of it the coldness of my relatives, I have wished a hundred times that we had never left our cottage home, and to go back would be the greatest pleasure in life to me. We can go, Mamma, dear, patient little Mamma, bending down to kiss her Forehead, we can go. I only waited, fearing that you would not be willing to go. But did Frau Lachistern speak particularly of Cavendon? She said, anywhere so it was in Italy, where the climate was milder than here, and when I spoke of my old home, she seemed more pleased than ever. But dear Doris, we only rented that house. Of course it is occupied now." "'I will brave all the lines that cross my path, Mamma. "'Now that I know that you are willing to go, "'we can rent a house in Cavendone until that one is vacant. "'Leave all that to me, Mamma. "'I will gladly,' was the response. "'I dread responsibility, and know that in your hands all will be right. "'Then I will go back and tell Frau Lichtenstern, "'and that matter will be off my mind. "'You will be so tired, dear. "'You had better wait until evening. "'No.' "'Business is business. "'Besides, I promised.' "'And Doris left and went quickly along the mountain path, "'her heart filled with happiness "'over the charming prospect before her. "'When she reached the sanitarium, "'Frau Lechenstern was at her dinner, "'but she left the table and went to the reception room "'to see Doris, eager to hear the report, "'and was delighted to find that all was satisfactory. "'It added to her satisfaction to hear "'that the mother was to go with Doris "'and aid in the care of Willie.' For all responsibility will be removed from her by it. To reflect upon her neglect of duty, she reasoned, now that a matron older and more experienced than herself was provided, she made the quarterly compensation so liberal that ample support for the three was secure, and means left for any luxuries that Willie's condition might require. Now, said she, as she put the money into the hand of Doris, this part being settled, we must decide upon the time. "'What do you say to going in four days?' "'The heart of Doris throbbed with surprise at the question. "'Could they get ready in such a short time? "'What would her mother say to this sudden change?' "'But Doris had put her hand to the plow. "'She would not turn back. "'I must see Willie off upon his journey before I leave for Germany,' "'added Frau Lachenstern, noticing her hesitation. "'It will be growing colder all the time now, "'and besides, I must return to Germany as early as possible.' "'We will be ready at that time,' said Doris, rapidly planning ways and means to fulfill her per- promise. "'I am glad. I shall live in constant dread of something happening to delay such a charming arrangement. "'Willie might felt all ill and not be able to go for a time. "'Then winter will set in and the mountain passes be choked with snow. "'And we shut up in this lonely valley for months.' I hope nothing will happen, said Doris brightly as she rose to go after giving a cheery glance to Willie, who was being wheeled up and down the corridor by one of the servants. One of the plans of Doris was to see Melkor and arrange with him to come the next day and help pack the household goods and see to having them shipped for Cavendone. Fortune favored her. He was working in the grounds as she passed out and readily promised to come. He was much surprised at the sudden call to return to the Italian home, and sorry that he should see them no more. But it was God's will that they should go. That was sufficient for, for Melcour. Dorothy was more than surprised. She was astounded to hear that they were expected to start upon their journey on the morning of the fourth day. It is impossible, Doris, simply impossible, she ejaculated. Must, I must think of it. "'our goods to be packed and shipped. "'House, what are we to do with it? "'How can you for a moment think of going such a short time?' "'It can and will be done, little mother. "'I have thought it all out. Three days will be as good as three weeks and better "'if we make good use of them. "'Melchor is to come tomorrow and pack and ship the furniture, "'and we will put the house in his hands to rent or sell. "'He can do far better with it than we can "'or anyone else that I know.' "'But Grandmother and the uncles and aunts!' exclaimed to Dorothy, "'turning pelt the thought of their angry astonishment. "'And Cousin Nicholas, don't forget him!' laughed Doris gleefully. "'Can you, you imagine his open-mouthed look of surprise?' "'Dorothy joined in her mirth It cheered her and did her good "'to see Doris in such spirits. "'Let us have a good cup of tea.' Moocher chan and we can utilize the time by talking at the table. While you are preparing it, I will write to Maha and tell her we are coming. Oh, mamma, it does really seem too good to be true to think we will see them all again, and the dear pastor and his wife and other dear friends. By the time the letter was ready to mail, Doris, Sue's watching eyes, were rewarded by seeing a boy trudging along toward shoals, gave it into his care to post. Then they sat down to the neat little meal, and ate and chatted while Doris rested. They sat long at table, for Doris knew that her mother's nerves needed quiet after the exciting news of the morning, and nothing would be gained by tempting anything that day toward forwarding the moving. "'We will be as idle as we please for the balance of the day, Mamma," she remarked cheerily. "'But first, should we not go over and tell Grandmother and the relations?' asked Dorothy anxiously. "'No, I really do not know how to commence it when I see them.' "'Then do not try, Mamma. I will make the confession for you, and all in good time. "'Just think of the happy life we are to have in our dear old home, "'with the means that Frau Letchenstern gives us. "'We can not only afford every comfort for Willie and ourselves,' but can have sails upon the lake and take him to Pallanza and other places, and in listening to this prospective pleasures, Dorothy forgot their relations and their certain displeasure. Mama said Doris after a pause, Is it not strange that Fra Lechenstern gave me no directions as to the care of Willie? I put the question to her, and she said that she knew nothing about it, that I could use my judgment, that she would be wee satisfied with my management, she added that she was more interested in political agitations of Europe than in the care of children. Can you understand, Mamma, how a mother can neglect a sick child for any other interest? I do not know that we could really call it neglect when she is willing to pay so lavishly to have him cared for by persons whom she thinks more competent than herself. But I cannot understand her willingness to be away from him. My husband and my child were my all. I could do without any other society. I cannot enter into the feelings of one who thinks differently. I do rejoice, Mamma, that you love children and understand so well how to manage them and to win their love. You will pity and love Willie as I do when you see him. He is gentle as an infant when treated kindly. It was the cruel words of Loretta which roused such a tempest of anger in him. Kindness is the most potent factor in the training of children and love is the root of kindness said Fra marie Suisse. just think what a well-bred child you made out of the little savage marietta laughed doris i think it must be the greatest joy that a mother can have to know that she has done the best that was possible for her children by example and precept How can she do this unless she be good and just and right in every way? How can children grow up good and useful, men and women, when left to the care of ignorant servants? It had been the aim of Doris to keep her mother's mind from the ordeal of telling the relatives of their intended change of abode, and she succeeded. The subject was in the opinion of Dorothy, when given time to recur to it, like a mountain almost impossible to scale, but which must be scaled. At the suggestion of Doris they retired early that evening, and when sure her mother was asleep, she descended to the rooms below and worked diligently for several hours. She had helped to arrange the household effects for sale, transportation from Cavadone to shoals. Now this knowledge was available in packing, to send them from shoals to Cavadone she knew what barrels and boxes held the pictures books glass and china to the best advantage and knowing this the work was quietly and speedily done everything on that floor which would not be really needed for the little time they remained was ready for removal then doris went to her well-earned rest weary weary but happy the surprise of dorothy was complete when she arose the next morning all thoughts of not being ready at the appointed time were banished when she saw what had been accomplished in a few hours. "'We will go and see Grandmother now and have it over with,' said Doris when they finished breakfast. "'By the time we have paid our calls, Melcor will be here.' They put all in order and set out, Doris talking all the way that her mother's mind might be kept as much as possible from the dreaded interview. They reached the Grandmother's door, unseen by Marie, gave a tap upon it and entered. "'We have come to give you a surprise, Grandmother,' said Doris cheerily, as they took the seats she offered. "'I have unexpectedly received employment, and am going to try to be of some use in the world. Mamma is, of course, going with me. We cannot live away from each other, and we are busy getting ready for the journey, so you will excuse a short call.' Grandmother Durant heard her in silence to the end, and then said slowly, "'Where no advice is asked, none need be given.' "'It would have been more respectful to have informed your relations of your intentions that something might be done with the house, which neither of you will appreciate until you are beggars. Go, Doris, down to Jacob's house, and tell your Aunt Marie to come and tell your Aunt Catherine that I wish to see her. I do not think we need their help,' began Doris, but catching an anxious glance from her mother, she went out and soon returned with her aunts. We were sent for grandmother, remarked Catherine, stiffly, for what purpose we are waiting to hear. Tell her, Doris, said the grandmother. It appears to be entirely your affair. Your mother does not speak, and I have no right to have a say in it. Doris made short work of the explanation, and there was a silence for a full minute. I've said all along that once a foreigner, always a foreigner, said, Marie, let her go, and back to her opinions and macacons. To her onions and macaroni, and Dorothy with her. She is nothing but a reed in her daughter's hands. I will only say, remarked Catherine, that the relatives upon whom you turn your backs because they have no high heads among them will not turn their faces towards you when your pride brings you down to the poverty you richly deserve. We will go now, Mama, said Doris, rising and taking the hand of her mother, who sat pale and trembling. Goodbye, dear grandmother, kissing her upon her forehead good-bye aunts, and she led the way to the door dorothy falling in her footsteps with exactness that she had done in her farewells the moment they were outside dorothy burst into tears and doris did not attempt to check them she knew that it would be relieve her far more than words of hers could do let us cross the bridge Mamma said she cheerily when they reached it i wish to see the place where the wild roses grow we will take a route from them to our ho- new home Dorothy was cheered by the carefree tone. Moreover, the dreaded interview was past. There was nothing now to mar their pleasure in thinking of the change they were about to make. I almost imagine that I can see Dr. Straw walking with his brisk step along this path, said Doris as they ascended the slope of Mont Pisseau. I wonder if we will ever see him again. "'No, I think not. "'There is a possibility of his coming to Shoals in the sanitarium next summer, "'but we will not be here to see him.' "'With a sharp stick and the exertion of some of her surplus strength Doris succeeded in securing a strong, healthy root of the wild rose "'and wrapped it in some moisture, then put back both in her handkerchief, "'then put them in her mother's hand. "'Take them home for me, mamma, please. "'I have another call to make. "'I am going to Ardis. Oh, Doris!" exclaimed Dorothy in utter surprise, stopping to gaze into her daughter's face. "You surely do not mean it? Yes, mamma, and would I would, and would like you to go with me if you will. Belcour will wait patiently if he gets to the cottage before we return. It is not that, but I never could face Uncle Nicholas after what has passed. If our relations here are so angry and upbraided uh, so severely, what will he say? "'It does not matter to me what he says. "'That is his side of the question. "'Mine is that he has been kinder to me than any one here except Melkor, "'and I would be ungrateful not to go to see him before I leave.' "'Yes, Doris, but Cousin Nicholas, what can you say to him?' "'Nothing,' laughed Doris. "'He has gone to the wedding of a comrade in Bern, "'and is not expected back for two days.' "'I heard Aunt Catherine tell Grandmother this just as we came out the door. "'Then go, dear, and do not hurry.' Melkor and I can do all there is to do. The advantage in having a small house is that we have not much to move. Doris kissed her hand to her mother and sped along the mountain path while Dorothy took the way home by the bridge. The surprise of Uncle Nicholas was only surpassed by his delight over the unexpected call, and he invited Doris to a seat near him. Have you changed your mind about Nicholas and come to tell us, he asked eagerly? If so, we will have the grandest wedding festivities that have ever been known in the valley. No, Uncle, I came to tell you that I have found employment. I am to have the care of a crippled boy. "'whose physicians say he must be taken to a warm climate. "'So mamma and I will take him to our old home in Cavendone. "'I felt that I must come to say good-bye to you, "'for you have been so kind to me, "'and I say in all sincerity that I am sorry to leave you.' "'The old man said nothing, for what seemed to Doris a long time. "'When do you go?' he asked. "'Day after tomorrow, in the morning. "'Melchor is to come today to help us "'and will send our furniture on its way to Italy this evening.' "'You cannot have better help, Melkor is always a friend in need.' "'No one knows that better than myself, Uncle,' said Doris. Then, as her sensitive conscience reminded her that the advice of the old man had helped blight the hopes of her Uncle Nicholas, tears filled her eyes, and she looked at him with a sad, loving glance. "'We have put our cottage in his hands, Uncle,' she continued. "'We knew that he can do better for us than we could do for ourselves in renting or selling it.' Seize, commented the old man reflectively. Goodbye, uncle, said Doris, rising to go. And with my goodbye, I wish to ask you to come to see us in our Italian home. I would love to see you sitting upon our dearly loved taras, and eating the great bunches of purple grapes that you need not rise from your chair together. I would love to come, dear, but it would have been the joy of my old heart to have had you here. You would have brought brightness and cheer into this quiet home. "'But it was not to be. God bless thee, dear, and give thee his peace. "'I am so glad you do not feel offended with me, "'and that I ca- can look back upon my visit here "'as one of the pleasantest of my life. "'Remember me t- to Cousin Nicholas, "'and give him this as a little memento of me.' "'And she laid a netted purse of green and crimson silk "'upon the table, shook hands again with the old man, "'and left the room. "'Doris,' he called. "'Doris, come back. I have something to say.' Doris returned immediately and stood beside him. Tell Dorothy I want her to come today to bid me good-bye. Tell her I will take no denial. She will come, uncle. I am sure she will, said Doris, and Doris tripped away. This request was a new trial to Dorothy. Her heart would have failed her entirely had she not been encouraged by Doris. He was so kind and good, Mama, and did not feel the least aggrieved that we were going away. You would regret it after we left here, besides, I promised. I will go, dear, and wish now that I had gone with you. But Melchor would have been waiting so long. Now you need not hurry. So much is already done that Melchor and I will have them ready to send off earlier than we expected. "'I'm sorry I had to send for you to come to Biddy, your old uncle. goodbye," Dorothy,' said the old man as she entered the stately home in Ardies, "'But I know your reason for not come being willing to come. "'You need have no fears. "'I have no intention of speaking upon the subject of my disappointment. "'So take a seat and listen to what I have to say.' "'Dorothy took the seat near him, which had been occupied by Doris, and waited "'Your daughter, when here, gave me an invitation to visit her at your home in Cavendone. "'I do not care to promise to visit anyone who lives in a rented house for the reason "'that by the time I reach there they may have gone elsewhere and strangers be in the house. "'When I come to see you, I want to know where to find you. "'You know who my heir will be. "'He has enough without the addition of what he will inherit from me, "'but I intend leaving him as my namesake, the bulk of what I possess.' "'Were he not such a clod, the daughter of yours would have been my heir. "'She should have inherited all, had she become the wife of Nicholas. "'As it is, I am determined that she shall have something. "'She loves that home in Italy, and she shall have it if it can be bought. "'I sent for you to tell you this, and to ask the name and address of the owner of it, "'and also that of any friend of yours in Cavadone, "'to whom I can write, and ask him to bargain for the purchase of it.' I will write to him this evening and tell him that the purchase money is ready any day uncle nicholas i have no words to express my surprise and joy oh the delight it will be to doris to know that the home she loves is hers with no fear of having to leave it and happy tears fill the eyes of dorothy but as yet we are not sure it can be at hers many changes may have taken place in the year "'You have been here, so I advise that you tell Doris nothing of it "'until you are sure the house is hers.' "'Dorothy agreed with him in this opinion. "'She saw the wisdom of it. "'Now give me the address of the owner of the cottage,' said Uncle Nicholas, "'taking a memorandum book from his pocket. "'This was given and jotted down. "'Now the name of some friend in Cavadon, "'who would go over the house and judge its value "'and then see the owner in regard to the price.' I think our former pastor would be the one. We have many friends at Cavadona and neighboring villages who would gladly help us in any way they could, and none would be more willing than our aged pastor. And she gave the address, which was noted, and shortly after arose to go. One thing more, Dorothy, said Uncle Nicholas. When Melchor has finished what he has to do for you, tell him to come over to Ardees. I have a little business with him, and he shall be paid for his walk and loss of time." I will, Uncle, and good-bye, and take my most grateful thanks for all your goodness to us. If it will be a pleasure to you to know it, I must say that you have trained your daughter well, Dorothy. She is a noble girl. Thank you, Uncle. Thank you, said the mother, her refined face flushing at this sincere praise, and with this parting word she went home. "'He was very kind, Doris, and I am glad I went,' she said upon reaching the cottage. "'It did me good after meeting with the coldness of my grandmother and aunts. "'They would have thought you perfect if they could have had their way in regard to "'Cousin Nicholas. "'Uncle was good and kind, notwithstanding you disappointed him. "'By the middle of the afternoon the cottage was dismantled, with the exception of the "'few articles necessary for their use during the short time they would remain.' after which they were to be the property of Melchor as a parting gift from them. After seeing the articles consigned to the care of the transporters, Melchor walked over to Arties in compliance with the request of Uncle Nicholas, whose kind heart had become interested in another plan for the assistance of Dorothy and Doris, and who consulted with Melchor as one in whom he could place every confidence. Thank you for listening to another episode of soft Story Classic.